Despite a short outing from Spencer Strider, the Atlanta Braves were able to even up the series against the New York Mets on Tuesday with a win 4-1 to thanks to a couple of late home runs. We'll talk about that and we'll also continue our coverage of the MLB draft looking at the top college pitchers that the Braves could be targeting in the draft that begins this weekend. We'll cover all of that on today's episode of Locked on Braves, so let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we are covering your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. You can check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including your Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves where you can be part of the conversation. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit the thumbs up button on this video if you do enjoy it and also make sure you hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever i post a new episode and thanks for making lockdown braves your first listen each and every day we post episodes daily five days a week monday through friday and are free and available on all platforms today's episode is brought to you by blue nile make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. and lockdown braves listeners get 50 dollars off purchases of 500 dollars or more this podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces. Just use code locked on at checkout. The Braves were locked on late in the game on Tuesday night as they come away with a four to one victory to even up the series against the New York Mets, a series that has been as tight as you would have expected coming into it. Again, anybody who was discrediting this Mets team didn't think they were good. I've been trying to tell you this Mets team is good now do i think the braves are better yes i do and i think you know as the season plays out i believe the braves will still win the division i believe they are the better team but this is still a very good mets team and i think we're seeing that in these first couple of games they have some very good pitching their lineup is very deep and they're missing a couple of key guys right now as well and i've talked about the contrasting styles of these two offenses and the fact that the mets they want to grind things out. They want to grind out at bats. They want to wear down the starting pitcher and hope that the other team makes a couple of mistakes that leads to runs here and there. And they were able to do that successfully on Monday and scratch across four runs. Thankfully, not able to do so on Tuesday, only able to score one run. But again, these first two games just shows you how evenly matched these two teams are. Again, both of them have very good bullpens as well. Mets won 4-1 to on Monday, Braves win 4-1 to on Tuesday, and on Tuesday as well, both teams had five hits and four walks and struck out 13 times. So again, two evenly matched teams through the first two games of this series. It's going to be a battle throughout the rest of the season. Going to be a fun one to watch, but again, don't sleep on this Mets team. Again, I'm in the boat. I think the Braves are better but this Mets team is good. They can certainly hang around with the Braves, and I think this will be a battle in the NL East throughout the rest of the season. Now, the difference in the game on Tuesday, again, I talked about the two contrasting styles between the Mets offense and the Braves offense. 
while the Mets will grind and bats out, they'll put some balls into play, get a couple of weak hits, some walks, and hope that turns into, you know, four or five runs in a game. The Braves are looking for that big homer. And all the runs in this series so far have come off home runs. A lot of their runs come off the home run ball. They're second in all of baseball in home runs. That's how they succeed. And, you know, for an offense that was really been struggling, I think, over the last week plus, you know, not really putting up huge numbers like we're used to them seeing, like we saw them do during the great stretch in June. Still able to get wins because the starting pitching and the bullpen has been so good. But the offense just still isn't putting up those big numbers that we're accustomed to seeing a lot of times. And still was not the case in this game. They were struggling mightily early on in this one. David Peterson was making them look foolish up there. He had nine strikeouts through five and a third innings. The Braves only had three base runners in the first five innings of the game. And two of those came in the first inning. When they did actually put the ball in play in the first five innings, they hit the ball hard, had an average exit velocity of 91.3 miles per hour on the eight balls they put in play in the first five innings. Again, just some bad luck. But what I've talked about with this Braves offense is they're going to continue to swing hard. They're going to continue to try to hit the baseball hard. And they just hope that over nine innings that they run into a couple of home runs, run into a couple of extra base hits and that that will lead to some big innings. And ultimately, that's what happened on Tuesday night. And the Braves' luck started to change in the sixth inning. Dansby got a one-out walk after what should have been a called third strike. The umpire in this game was just absolutely horrendous. But that break went the Braves' way, got a one-out walk for Dansby. Then Matt Olson had the at-bat of the game, and just a tremendous at-bat from a guy who really – struggling over the last couple of games really bad game on monday with four strikeouts but this was a great at bat in the sixth inning almost hit a ball out earlier in the at bat it actually went off the wall in right field foul comes back fouls off a couple of tough pitches gets a fastball up after seeing some sliders down and does not miss it cranks it out to dead center field a ball hit 108.4 miles per hour the hardest hit ball of the game just an absolutely incredible at bat and you start started to see the momentum shift for the braves in that moment they were able to add on and those are some big add-on runs in the seventh inning as travis darno led off that inning with a single and then adam duvall who i believe if the braves were tied or losing he would have been pinch hit for here and maybe the mets would have countered with a left-hander of their own i don't recall what they had in the bullpen at the time but I think if the Braves aren't winning this game, you see Brian Snicker go to Eddie Rosario or Robinson Cano off the bench to bring in a lefty to face the right-handed Seth Lugo. But because the Braves are winning, you keep Duvall in there for his defense, and he comes up with a huge home run to give the Braves a 4-1 to lead, which felt like a huge lead at that point. And it was with, again, the Mets offense. They haven't been great themselves either. So you really felt once the Braves got those that big home run from Duvall, took a 4-1 lead, kind of felt like you had the game wrapped up, and that was the case as the bullpen shut things down the rest of the way, really taking over for Strider in the fifth inning. And let's dive into Spencer Strider really quickly. Back-to-back nights that we've seen a Braves starter struggle with command. Final line on Spencer Strider, four and two-thirds, five hits, three walks, one earned, eight strikeouts. Did still rack up the strikeouts, but threw a lot of pitches to do so the most walks since his second start since he was moved to the rotation when he walked five batters out in Colorado 
you know, again, didn't help. The, the umpire was moving the strike zone around on him. That certainly did not help. The leadoff walk to Brandon Nimmo in the fifth inning. I tweeted out, I don't know why our pitchers are so scared of Brandon Nimmo. Throw him strikes. I'm getting infuriated watching him in his little trot to first base. Throw him strikes. I don't want to see him walking anymore. But you walk Brandon Nimmo, the leadoff, an inning, and then the wild pitch moves him to second, and then he scores on a weak hit by Francisco Lindor. A ball that Acuna misplays. The runner was going to score regardless, but had not been for the wild pitch, and that would have happened. Then you can blame that on Acuna. Still, I tweeted it out. We talked about it on the postcast with me and Grant McCauley. Acuna's defense just has not been there this season, and understandably why, coming off a very serious injury. But the drop-off in defense from Acuna is noticeable. We've seen him be kind of timid, pull up on balls at times where we would have seen him be more aggressive in the past. This, to me, was just a bad angle, a bad route that he took to this ball. But the defense from Ronald has been noticeable this season. But getting back to Spencer Strider, just 11 swings and misses on 48 swings. That's 24% whiff rate. His whip percentage on the year is 36.4%. So, again, credit to the Mets hitters, I think, being able to put the bat on the ball, foul off some tough pitches. Still, eight strikeouts for Spencer Strider in four and two-thirds innings. So, you know, it's not like that was a problem for him getting the strikeouts. Three more fastballs than we're typically used to seeing, and he throws a lot of fastballs already, but 71% fastballs on the night. Threw a couple of really good change-ups, which is big for his development going forward, seeing him incorporate that pitch a little bit more. I thought his slider was actually his best pitch, which is why I was a little surprised he didn't go to that pitch more often. But I think he was just struggling to find the command with his fastball and was determined to do so. Uh, too many waste pitches. Got to put guys away. There were too many times where he'd get ahead of a batter, 0-2, 1-2, and the next thing you know, it's a 3-2 count. I thought he was trying to go for the strikeout too much. This Mets team just isn't going to fall for that. Continue to attack the zone. Your stuff's too good. Um, so that was my only really critique for Strider on the night is just attack the zone uh, so that you can go deeper in this game. But like Max Freed, Kept his team in the game despite struggling with command, despite throwing a lot of pitches and not being able to go deep in the game. So you've seen that on back-to-back nights, you know, both Freed and Strider getting worked over by that Mets lineup, not able to go deep in the game. Both starters struggling with command, but able to allow their team to hang around in the game and give them a chance. And this time the Rays were able to take advantage and come back for the 4-1 to victory. All right, next I want to take a look at the MLB draft, continue our coverage of that, and look at the top college arms and who I think the Braves should be targeting with their top 100 picks. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone a moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler since 1999. They've helped millions of couples create their diamonds and jewelry. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, making each ring one of a kind. And if you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make sure your moment sparkles with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Braves listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings as well. Use code locked on at checkout. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. 
The Major League Baseball Draft will begin this Sunday, and we continue our coverage throughout this entire week looking at the top players in the upcoming draft and who the Braves could be targeting. Yesterday, I looked at some of the top high school players that I think the Braves could be targeting after making the trade for the 35th overall pick and gaining $2.2 million worth of bonus pool money. Today, we're going to look at the top college arms. Before I do that, I just wanted to, first of all, make you aware of the top picks that the Braves have. You know, they obviously have the pick at 20th overall, which a lot of people will be focusing in on. They now have that pick at 35th overall. They, they pick three more times in the top 100, five times overall. They pick at 57, 76, and 96. So a real opportunity here to gather some really nice prospects to fill up a farm system that is quickly being depleted via promotions, Michael Harris, Vincent Strider this season, you know, others in the past that we've seen come up, um, but also because of the trades, the big trade for Matt Olson. Now you have the trade with Drew Waters and Andrew Hoffman and that as well. So, and then the international slot or international restrictions they've had on them for years, which has now been lifted. This farm system has really been gutted, gutted and looking for an overhaul. And I think that's part of why the Braves made that big trade on Monday and that's what they'll be looking to do with this draft. So, again, before I get into the top college arms, I wanted to, to point out eight players that the Braves likely have no chance of drafting that will not get to them. Drew Jones, unfortunately, will not be falling to the Braves at 20th overall. Also, Jackson Holiday, Elijah Green, Tamar Johnson, Brooks Lee, Kevin Parada, Jacob Berry, and Cam Collier. I know I mentioned Collier yesterday. Bit of a pipe dream. I don't think he falls that far to the Braves. It would be nice if he did. Jacob Barry, I could maybe see falling and slipping a little bit to the Braves at 20, but I think those are eight guys that are most likely not going to be available to the Braves. All right, with that in mind, I want to look at the top college pitchers, and college is more my area of expertise, the Southeast in particular, which is what I cover over at College Baseball Nation. So I want to give you the top college arms that I would like, that I think the Braves should be targeting and I'm going to rank them in order, at least for the top ones here, of guys that I really like. Connor Prelip is the guy that I think the Braves should be targeting at 20. Got to see him a lot in my own backyard. He pitched in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I live in Birmingham. So 45-minute drive for me. Went over there and watched him the very few times that he was healthy in college. Likely a top five pick, if not injured. Had Tommy John surgery last May, like a lot of these pitchers we're going to talk about. Uh, this College pitching crop in particular was just hammered by injuries. A lot of them having Tommy John surgery. Prelip, one of those, like I said, probably would have been a top five pick if not for the injuries. A left-handed pitcher, best slider in the draft. Again, if he comes back healthy, we're talking about a frontline starter, and it's an opportunity to grab somebody of that caliber at 20th overall. So I would be going after Connor Prelip, if not him. I like Kumar Rocker here, and this may be a little bit of a controversial pick, but this guy is an ultra competitor. If you watched him at all in Vanderbilt, and I watched a ton of him, this guy is just built for the big moment. Would love to see the Braves get him, put them in their system. A right-handed pitcher lost out on $6 million that he had a deal in place with the Mets last year, so you know he's going to want to get big money. That 20th overall pick values at about $3.5 million, so – it's probably not going to get to that $6 million if he goes around this range, but perhaps the Braves could go over slot a little bit to maybe around $5 million to get him here. Um, but I just love Kumar Rocker. I love the pitcher. I love the player. He has three-plus pitches. 
Fastball velocity dipped in 2021, which led to some some concerns about his shoulder and is why the Mets kind of balked on him and some other teams passed as well. But he looked healthy in his uh, independent ball um, debuts or outings that he had. He's a guy also that you could draft now and you could potentially put in your bullpen at the end of the year, and I think he could do great there. So I think Kumar Rocker, he'd be second on my list as far as college pitchers go. Technically not a college pitcher as he decided not to go back to college, but I think you get the point here. Next will be uh, Blade Tidwell from Tennessee, right-handed pitcher. Again, another guy that I think would go higher in the draft. He had his season delay because of injuries. He has a full array of secondary offerings, including a plus slider and changeup, and also has a big fastball that can touch 100 miles per hour. So really like the upside of Tidwell. And that's what you got to be looking at for this 20th overall pick are some guys with some upside. Peyton Paulette, another one, a guy out of Arkansas who, again, had Tommy John surgery in February or else he would probably be a top 15 pick. Plus fastball and a plus curveball, number two type ceiling if healthy. Those are the four guys for me. If one of them is available at 20 and you know none of their other guys are on the board, those are the guys that I would target at 20, college pitchers that I think have the most upside. The next group of this are players that, I think are safer picks and I'd rather see them take it 35 in the draft, but Kate Horton, a two, two way player out of Oklahoma, a tremendous athlete played quarterback in high school. He had Tommy John surgery in 2021. So he's got that out of the way. He was incredible in the postseason for the Sooners helped take them to the college world series, mid nineties fastball topped out at 98, 98, a plus slider. I think he's more of a mid rotation starter. I really liked his bat at the beginning of the year in Oklahoma. I thought he had a really nice swing, but his future is definitely as a pitcher, but he's somebody I think they could target in with that 35th overall pick would be a solid pick. Cooper Jerpy out of Oregon State, left-hander, funky delivery, a safe mid-rotation starter, a very smart pitcher, uh, but not a very high ceiling for Cooper Jerpy. But I think, again, would be a very solid pick and a safe pick at 35th overall. Kind of the same for Carson Wisenhunt. I don't really love the Wisenhunt pick. A left-handed pitcher suspended all of 22 for a positive drug test. Um, plus changeup, again, a mid-rotation starter. I'm not quite as sold on Carson Wisenhunt, but I think that's somebody the Braves could be targeting there. So I had it my way. Again, you'd get either Prelip, Rocker, Tidwell, or Paulette at that 20th overall pick. If one of them is available at 35, I would definitely take one of them there. If not, I'd either go Horton or Jerpy. You had to Wizen Hunt, but again, I'm not completely sold on that one. As you get later in the draft, kind of further on down, some other names to consider. Um, these, these aren't necessarily in order of how I would rank them, but Justin Campbell, Oklahoma State, another kind of high floor, low ceiling type of pitcher. Landon Sims, guy out of Mississippi State, also had Tommy John surgery, missed a lot of this year. Had a chance to be a starter, but he's a guy that, again, could move quickly and be a back-of-the-rotation reliever, if not a closer, within two or three years. I think he has that type of stuff and mentality. I think he could be a dynamite reliever very quickly. Uh, Parker Messick out of Florida State, similar to Jerby, left-handed pitcher, kind of a weird motion, but really good just pitcher. Uh, and I think he's a pretty safe, you know, mid-back-of-the-rotation type arm. Jonathan Cannon. Out of Georgia, so would be a nice pick for the Braves. He was one of my favorites in the SEC in 2022. Um, a competitor. He throws a lot of strikes, just 12 walks and 13 starts, so I love that. 
again, a mid-rotation ceiling, big kid. I, I really like Jonathan Cannon. You know, I'd be happy if that was their pick, you know, later than draft, 57, 76. I think if you can get him there, that'd be great value. Hunter Barco out of Florida, one of the top high school arms coming out of uh, one of the top arms coming out of high school when he did. He would have been up for SEC Pitcher of the Year had he not gotten injured. He had Tommy John surgery in May as well. Another lefty has a plus plus slider. It comes from a weird arm angle, locates his fastball very well. Again, another mid rotation ceiling. Again, with the injury, he's fallen off down the rankings. I think he'd be great value at 76 if you can get him there. Uh, Carson Palmquist uh, could reach the majors quickly as a left-handed reliever. This guy out of Miami, again, another lefty, kind of a weird arm angle. He's somebody like Sims. Uh, not quite the upside, I think, of Sims, but somebody that I think could move quickly and be a nice left-handed arm in the bullpen pretty soon. Ben Joyce out of Tennessee is an enigma. Um, I mean, an average fastball of 101 miles per hour seems very tempting. Could potentially be another Spencer Strider type that we see come out who, again, he has had Tommy John surgery, had it in 2021. Doesn't have a big track record, but again, throws easy gas, has a good slider. You know, if he ever kind of puts it all together, you could be looking at, you know, a top of the rotation pitcher potentially. Um, so that's somebody, you know, they could maybe take a flyer on later in the top 100 picks. Uh, ben Joyce, just a big fastball, has some upside there. And then lastly, Pete Hansen. I love taking pitchers out of Texas. I was a big fan of the Bryce Elder pick. Just kind of a safe pick. Somebody you feel comfortable will be a back-end rotation starter someday. Somebody you really feel like could reach the big league. So those are the list of the college pitchers that I like, that I would like to see the Braves target with some of those first top 100 picks that they have but let me know who you like and who you think they should take in the comments below all right next one to preview wednesday's game a quick turnaround here but before we do that let me tell you about bet online betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's major league baseball season betonline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information including live betting esports and scores and BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Again, a quick turnaround for the Braves on Wednesday. Game starting not too long after this gets posted. Chris Bassett versus Charlie Morton. Bassett gone at least six innings in his six of his last seven starts, but... He's given up three earned or more in six of his last nine as well. Gets a lot of weak contact. There's a lot of pitches, five pitches, 10% or more, led by a sinker at 30%. On the other side, it's Charlie Morton. Keys for Charlie Morton in this game, just throw strikes, please. Be aggressive in the zone. Make the Mets hitters earn it. Max Fried and Spencer Strider really struggling with command, but also just trying to nibble too much against these Mets hitters and pitching scared to them. Be aggressive. Make them earn it. Make them put the ball in play, which they do, and get some weak contact. And I understand that's frustrating, but you got to trust that defense behind you and got to trust your stuff. Don't waste too many pitches out of the zone. Make them. You get ahead of them, put them away. Uh, give the Braves some innings. Again, it would be nice to see a starter go six innings in this series. I don't remember the last time the Braves have had three games in a row where a starter didn't go at least six innings. I feel like it's been 
a while, probably since the first couple of weeks of the season. You know, the bullpen should be nice and rested. I would think McHugh's the only one probably not available in this game, but Will Smith should be good to go. Um, Dylan Lee, I think A.J. Minter could come back. Didn't have to work too terribly hard on Tuesday. So hopefully it's a good start from Charlie Morton. Hopefully the Braves offense can get going, can score in a multitude of ways. I'll take all the home runs, but it'll be nice to see them manufacture some runs as well, score early and score often and win this series and continue to put pressure on the Mets. Certainly we'd love to see them do that and close out this series on Wednesday. But that would do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thanks for making Locked On Braves your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow talking about the finale in this series and also continuing our MLB draft coverage, looking at the top college hitters that the Braves could be targeting. Now make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects, where host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia going deep on all the, all the MLB stars of tomorrow and setting you up for the MLB draft as well. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one. Again, thanks for listening, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves. You can follow me at ShortstopBall. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 